Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. President Biden says democracy is at risk and puts the blame firmly on the followers of former President Trump, whom he vows to stop. I will not stand by and watch. I will not the will of the American people be overturned by wild conspiracy theories and baseless evidence-free claims of fraud. I will not stand by and watch elections in this country stolen by people who simply refuse to accept that they lost. The president also laid out what sounded like Democratic midterm talking points, insisting Trump forces want to send the nation in reverse. Backwards to an America where there is no right to choose, no right to privacy, no right to contraception, no right to marry who you love. Well, it's a spiritual battle, that's why. And the thing is, that's what people have to understand. There's a scripture, 2 Corinthians 6.14. It says, be not unequally yoked with unbelievers. What fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? This is the problem, is we're trying to fellowship. We're trying to, we're casting pearls before swine instead of just standing for the truth of the word of God. The Bible says the truth is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. That's the word of God. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is the truth. He's the way, he's the life. And we, we cannot be backing down or taking core elements of Christian doctrine out of the conversation just because we want to appease this woke mob. That is not what we need to do. We have to speak the truth, Will, no matter what. And, you know, look, it just proves the point. When you see some of these comments, I mean, I saw one of the comments that said something like, Hail Satan. Another guy was trying yep. to, you know, convince me that uh, Jesus would be a communist. I mean, I mean... <laughs> Have you ever even read the Bible? I mean, Jesus is absolutely anti all those things. And by yes. the way, why don't you speak to somebody that used to be part of the former Soviet Union that lived under communism and get their opinion. Let them share with you what it's like, because that is not what we need. Taking away freedom of speech, freedom of religion, all of our rights and freedoms, our great constitution that was uh, endowed by our creators that believed that life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness were God-given rights. Totally against what uh, the communist uh, ideology speaks well. So it's unbelievable that this is happening, but I think we have to address this head on. We've got to speak. We can't back down. You know, you mentioned how a lot of the pulpits are scared, and that's true. They're, they're afraid of losing tithes or they're afraid of losing congregants. But I say let them go because you know what? There's a bunch of other people that will come that are willing to actually hear a preacher that speaks the truth. And you know what? We're going to have to stand before the Lord one day, and I don't want to be one of those people that says, well, I left out certain elements of the Bible because I was afraid of the tides or right. I was afraid of, I mean, come on, man. Right. You know, you need to get out of the uh, the preacher world if, if that's what you want to do, because if you're a preacher, you're going to be held to a higher standard and you better speak the truth.
that will ever come close. No thing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves. When my heart becomes free And my shame is undone In your presence, Lord Holy Spirit, you are welcome here Come flood this place and fill the your glory, God, is what our hearts long for To be overcome by your presence, Lord Your presence, Lord Ooh. There's nothing worth more 
When I was at the University of Florida, for every home game, we would get in the bus at our hotel and we would drive right by the stadium and we would stop at what's called the Gator Walk. In every game I played there, there was probably 20 to 40,000 fans at this Gator Walk ready to greet us as we get off the bus. I would see all these people. I gotta tell you, there were a lot of voices that started to hit me. One of the first voices that instantly hit me was, was pride and arrogance. Because I would look out and I would see thousands of jerseys with my number on it. I would look out and I would see Bible verses that they were wearing because I wore them. And so for a second you thought, dang, I'm something. They're here for me. This is pretty cool. I must be somebody. There's a picture that I stumbled across and it's one of Time's 100 most influential images of all time. And it's the picture of this young girl. She's on her way from her village to a feeding center not far away. And she's so malnourished and she's moving so slow that this vulture is waiting to attack. So the young man that took this picture, I think there was probably something in his heart that he, he wanted to do good, he just, he wasn't sure. So, so he, he captured this picture and he just waited and, and then the vulture got closer. So he kind of shooed the vulture off and then he walked away and the vulture would come right back. And he was told because of some of the sicknesses in the areas, don't touch anybody, don't do anything. And so he didn't, he didn't, he did nothing. Because apparently the cost was too much. So he left, he went back, the New York Times published this photo in 1993. In 94, he won the Pulitzer Prize for this photo. Four months after this, he chose to end his life. You see, every single one of us, we have a chance to be successful in life. And you know what, I hope you are. I really do, I, I hope you're successful. There's nothing wrong with being successful, but success is just about you. But significance is about other people. You see, that man that took that picture, he had success. That's one of the greatest honors a photographer could ever have. But obviously it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. So what's gonna be enough for you? You see, success is great. You can do a lot of things with it, but it's not gonna be fulfilling. And you can never forget that sense of urgency 
that it's not about your timeline, it's about their timeline. While you might have 30, 40, 50 years, they have days, minutes, moments. She had moments, but it wasn't worth it to go pick her up. It wasn't worth it to give her a hug. It wasn't worth it to tell her about the gospel. Yeah, I won a Pulitzer Prize, but what does it matter? What does it matter? It doesn't. And I think the greatest tragedy in life is we're gonna look back one day and say, I was successful in things that don't matter. I want you to be successful. But more than anything, I want you to be significant. And when you live for Jesus and you love people, I believe you're gonna have a life of significance. Well, happy Sunday, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to Sunday service here at The Remnant. My name is Pastor Todd Coconato. I'm so glad that you're here. What a week in America. Uh, I, I think you saw the clip in the beginning there of our occupant in chief. Uh, I'll be nice. It's Sunday. Um, you know, really crazy times when you have a president of the United States saying that uh, half the people in the country are extremists. And if you've heard any of my media interviews, you've heard any of the things that we've done over the last couple of years, you, you will often hear me say uh, that we are in a spiritual battle. It is not a political battle. It's a spiritual battle. And I think we're really coming to a head now. Now, we've been talking about a lot of different, very pertinent stories in the Word of God, uh, very applicable to our time that we're in right now, whether it be uh, what happened at the Red Sea, when God in literally it was like 1159, right before 12 midnight hour, God intervened and parted the Red Sea for the people of God. And we have heard the Lord say one more round. We've heard him say the end is not yet. Uh, we've heard the Lord say, uh, you know, again, uh, look what happened with, uh, I think it was last week, we talked about the spies and being like the two and not like the 10, where instead of being like the 10 that said, the giants in the land are too big, we want to be like the two, Joshua and Caleb, that said, you know what? We know the God that we serve. He's been with us the entirety of our life. He's always been with us. He's never left us. He's never forsaken us. And somehow God is going to defeat those fortified giants, and we believe it, and they got to go into the promised land. So we see a lot of these stories that we've been talking about in the last uh, many months here really preparing us. And, you know, I think it's all kind of a culmination that's happening now because it's the real moment of decision. And the moment of decision is, is going to uh, uh, cause us to make a very important decision as a believer. Are we going to worship idols? Are we going to come out from among them? Are we going to be set apart? Are we going to be consecrated? Are we going to be a repentant people? Are we going to do what the Word of God says? And so today, I want to get into talking about idolatry and why this is the next step here for us to understand we've got to get rid of the false gods and to really look at this spiritual battle with the president of the United States coming out and saying, you know, 81 million plus people are extremists. Are they really talking about Republicans? Are they really talking about MAGA Republicans? Or are they talking about those who are Christians? Now, I'm not saying that all 81 million of those people that voted for Donald Trump, you know, maybe more people are, uh, I believe more people. Actually, we know more people. Uh, but, you know, they, they literally kicked my video off. Did you see this where they, they literally have suspended me on YouTube because I mentioned this about the voting? So now I can't even talk about it in a Sunday service. They, they literally have kicked us off 
of YouTube. Now, we still have a channel, but I have two strikes, and I'm currently not allowed to post. We'll see if we can post this week again. Uh, and one more strike, we lose the whole channel. And I think they took Lance Wall now down this week, too. So what a week. I mean, they want to censor pastors. They want to censor Christians. They want to censor truth tellers. Now, Joe Biden, in his speech, he said, well, you know, there's the establishment. There's the mainstream Republicans. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about rhinos. He's talking about establishment people, uniparty people. Those Republicans are okay. But if it's the remnant, if it's the, the people of God, if it's the real Bible-believing Christians, we're the extremists. This has always been about Christianity because it's a battle of light versus darkness. So we got to get rid of the idols, and we're going to pray about this right now. So, Lord, we just thank you for this Sunday service. I pray, Lord, that you empower me and sanctify me this morning, Lord God, that you use me as a vessel and, Lord, that your words would be spoke today. And we just thank you for each and every believer of God that's tuned in this morning. Each and every person has a heart to learn. Each and every person has a heart to grow deeper. Everybody that's on here that's, that's yearning, hungering, thirsting for righteousness, that sees what's going on in the spirit and understands the battle we're in. And we just thank you that all these sermons, I think last week we talked about uh, – you know, it all comes down to this, basically, you know, it was, uh, the, they're going to hang on their own gallows and the story of Haman. So we've really covered a lot of things in the last couple of weeks. And I believe this is a culmination message this morning. And you put on my heart to talk about idolatry and getting rid of idols. And so we just thank you, Lord God, that you're consecrating us, that you're, that you're getting us prepared. We're going through the refiner's fire. You're setting us up to be successful in you, Lord God, not only here, but for eternity. So we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. I'm going to do as I usually do. I'm going to read a couple things from my notes. I'm going to put a picture up. Uh, but I want to do this. If you got your Bibles, turn to Deuteronomy 5, 6 through 7. Deuteronomy 5, 6 through 7. It says this. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. Now, here we see not only God's uh, prohibition against idolatry, but his reasons for that prohibition. So I'm going to read from these notes here. So we're going to kind of set the, the established case here, why there shall be no other gods and why this is important in America today. There should be no other gods before the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the one and only true God, the God of Israel. And that is the God that we serve, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, same God. Now it's not the same God uh, as Muhammad. It's not the same God as the New Age or all these other, you know, Buddha, but we do serve the God of Israel. That is the God of heaven and earth. Now, whether the Jewish people have accepted Messiah yet, that's a different story. But they, the, the Bible in the Jewish faith and the Bible in the Christian faith is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's the one and only true God. Okay. So it was the Lord God who had the power to bring his people out of bondage in Egypt. He alone cared enough for them to choose them to be his own, okay? He alone delivered and protected them. We've been reading about this. For all of this, he declares that he alone deserves to be worshipped and reverenced. No idol made of wood or stone uh, is a god. That's, that's the bottom line. Nothing that's created, that's man-made, can be a god. For centuries, they've always tried to create these false gods. If you go to Wall Street, you'll literally see a depiction of the golden calf. It's kind of interesting, okay? Because many people have made money a god, an idol in their life, okay? And if you go to Isaiah 44, 8, you know, idols are deaf, they're dumb, they're blind, and they're powerless. 
They don't have any power. They don't have any authority. That's why when he got to the, the prophets of Baal versus the prophets of God and you're at Mount Carmel, it was that defining moment because the prophets of Baal, their God, Baal, had no authority, had no power. There was nothing. It was an empty power. There was no, it was not a God. It was a false God. But the Yeshua and the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the one and only true God, that is the God that has authority. That is the God that has power. That is the God that is the true God. We have to understand the significance because there's many people right now that are worshiping false gods. Now, whether it's something that they realize or they don't realize, they could be full-fledged Satanists or they could not realize that governments become their God. Uh, some of this transgender stuff and, you know, they're, they're making that a God. That's an idol. I mean, look at these people. Now it's like a you know, a badge of an honor in the, in the liberal circles to bring your kid to, you know, some drag queen story hour. They're literally like, you know, putting this out there. Like I'm so liberal. I brought my kid to a drag queen story hour. Guess what that is? That's a God. That's an idol that they're worshiping an idol. That's why they literally had uh, Antifa out there and BLM guarding, uh, you know, that, that facility where I guess they were having one of these drag queen story hours. Oh, we can't talk about this though, because we'll be censored. It's hate speech. No, it's not. It's not hate speech. This is an idol. And as a pastor, I have to address this because this is an issue in our hour. Let's continue on my notes. Um, this is going to be our Romans one twenty-five. if you're taking notes, and Colossians 2.18. So if you're taking notes, Romans one twenty-five and Colossians 2.18. Go back and read those. Paul's letter to the Romans indicates the worship of things in creation themselves, not just their images, is wrong in the eyes of God. Paul also warns the Colossians against worshiping other supernatural beings. And this is what he says in Colossians 2.18. He says, do not let anyone who delights in false humility and in the worship of angels disqualify you for the prize. Jesus explained the definition of, quote, other gods, unquote, to include concepts in addition to images, living things, and other supernatural beings. I want to stop again. Marvel. Oh, my gosh. He's going there now. He's going there. Marvel has all these superheroes. Now, if you watch the Marvel movies, are you going to go to hell? I'm not saying that. Is it going to stop you from being a Christian? I'm not saying that. Okay, but I, I would ask you, I would implore you with all these things, whether it's Disney, Marvel, any of these things. Listen, if it's being pushed by the deep state, if it's being pushed by uh, this, this evil group of people, whatever you want to call them, shadow elites, shadow government, Hollywood, mainstream media, whatever you want to call them, the people that try to censor me, the reason they don't want, why do they censor a preacher? Why don't they censor a fluffy preacher or a cotton candy preacher? Why me? Why? Because these things that we're speaking literally will set you up for success on this earth. That's why. It's not because it's extreme. It's not because it's dangerous. We're not telling you to go do anything or nothing dangerous. We're just teaching you how to pray, teaching you how to discern, teaching you how to call out a spade as a spade. You know, in other words, this is what it is. Okay. And so these movies, I'm not saying they're all bad. You got to use discernment, but why is it so important for them to have all these superhero movies nowadays? Because these superheroes have powers. Look at Harry Potter. Why is, why is there always witchcraft? Why, why do they always have to push the witchcraft? Does that make sense? Think about that. Well, they push it. They do these things because they're, they're literally trying to usurp the Bible. They're trying to usurp the truth and they want to put a fantasy. It's a vain imagination. It's a fantasy into the minds of believers so that why it can divert us into even without even knowing sometimes being deceived. Okay. And this is where we need the unction of the Holy Spirit and the guidance and the direction of the Holy Spirit. That's why we have to have a prayer life 
because all of a sudden you make idols of these other things. It's so easy as a human being to do this. And these superheroes, you know, they're all super, they all got powers. Who has power in the real world? Christians. Why? Because we have the Holy Spirit and we're able to pull down the strongholds. We're able to set the captive free through the power of the Holy Spirit that lives within us. You know, heal people, lay hands on the sick and they'll be healed. These are real, real powers. Okay. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against what? Strongholds and principalities, powers. It's a spiritual battle. That's why they, that, that's why they talk about all these things. Now, again, you can, I'm not, you know, you're going to say, Pastor Todd, a little extreme. You know, he's now he's saying, don't, don't watch Marvel movies. I'm not saying that. Be careful with these things. That's all I'm saying. Test the spirits. What is the message? Sometimes maybe it's a good message. Sometimes maybe there's a hidden message, a demonic message. And so we have to be watchmen on the wall, and we have to be spiritually astute to understand these things. When, when the Bible talks about coming out from among them and being set apart, it's just, it's understanding, you know, having that Issachar anointing, understanding and discerning the times that we're in. And I always look at it like this. If they're pushing something, movie after movie after movie, and on our young people, why are they pushing it? And who are the people that are pushing it? And who are the spirits behind who's pushing it? And what are they trying to achieve? These are things we got to be cautious of. Amen? All right. In Matthew 6, 24, it says this. He warns against the worship of material things. No one can serve two masters. This is Matthew uh, 6, 24. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. The Greek word mamonis is translated here as money. It does not mean money in one's pocket, though. Okay? It is the personification of wealth or money, especially wealth gained through greediness, the love of which in modern terminology is materialism. The dangers of worshiping material things are clearly outlined in the story of the rich young ruler, which is in Matthew 19, 16 through 26, who turned away from Christ because he could not part with his wealth. That's a very important story. A lot of people are so worried about holding on to the things of this world that they just walk away altogether. They don't want to hear anything of truth. They don't want to hear the Bible. They don't want to hear a preacher. They don't want to hear anybody speaking to you. Maybe they don't want to listen to you. You know, when you put up a post, it's like they're little kids with their hands over their ears. Why? It's because they feel guilty and they feel convicted when someone like you shares the truth. It's the truth that sets the captive free. The Bible says the, the word of God will not return back void. And so when truth is spoken, what happens is it pierces. That's why the Bible says that the, 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 the word of the Lord, which is the Bible, is, is literally an offensive weapon. It's the sword of the spirit and the armor of God. It's the sword of the spirit. You can literally quote the word of God and have, a, it's a weapon. When you know the word of God, when you study the word of God, when you become a lover of the word of God, this is setting you up for ultimate success in this world and beyond for all eternity because God has given us truth. He's given us truth. And so the big battle that we're in, and this is where we have to discern, okay, is, is, is the battle of light versus darkness. It's a battle of good versus evil. It's a battle uh, of, of the spirit, not against flesh and blood, but against strongholds and principalities. And we're in an hour where these strongholds and these principalities are pervasive in our culture, taken over the culture because people have opened the door to wickedness, to debauchery, to fornication, to adultery, to sexual pleasures, to the lust of the flesh, to all these things. They've opened up this door in our society by saying, we don't want God. And, and they're turning to idols. This is what happened in ancient Egypt. 
They literally started worshiping the idols. And what happened? Israel goes into captivity. Every time when idol worship becomes the, 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 the religion of the land, instead of worshiping the one and only true God, what happens? Captivity happens. What happens? Uh, people die. What happens? There, there's all types of, of wicked things that happen because unfortunately that door has been opened. So we're at this very pivotal time right now where the preachers and people of God have to stand for what's true, what's holy, and what's righteous, and speak those things out, and declare and decree, and call upon the name of the Lord, repent. And that's why I talk about these things over and over and over again, week after week. Because we have the game plan, we have the strategy on how we win, but because of the battle that we're in, it's very intense, and many of you can start feeling weary or beat down because you're in this battle and you're, and you're fighting and you're standing and you start feeling weary because it's such a wicked battle. But here's the good news. We win and we will always win and we're on the winning team. And I talk about that often, but we have to be able to recognize what is idol worship in our own life, whether it's something that is an area of sin that we have been fighting over and over to get rid of. And then we're wondering why we haven't received the breakthrough yet. Are you here? There's areas that we haven't received breakthrough. And we're wondering why. And then we're realizing there's, there's idols in our life. There's things in our life that we haven't laid down. And they, these have consumed us. They've consumed our time. They've consumed our attention. They've consumed our worry. And our doubt and our fear has now manifested as, as a result of this open door in our life. The Lord gave me a word. And he said, what we're going to have to do to overcome the enemy and the strategy of the enemy is to outsmart and outmaneuver. And we can only do that by the guidance of the Holy Spirit of God. We can only do that by discernment and wisdom and knowing God's word and knowing God's strategy. And that's by spending time in the secret place and getting fresh strategy, fresh wisdom, and direction on how to navigate this. Excuse me. So when, when a U.S. president comes out and says, you know, that half the population is extremist, what he's honing in on is those that are serving the one and only true God. It's the same thing that happened to Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. It's the same thing that happened in, in the Bible when it talks about the worship of Baal or, or you know, Nebuchadnezzar or any, any of the wicked leaders that were, you know, so many stories in the Bible time and time again where, where a wicked leader was risen up. And what, what does that wicked leader do? He always makes them turn from the God of Israel every time. He always comes after the people that are serving the one and only true God. He always wants idol worship. So whenever there's the spirit of Antichrist, there's idol worship that's being pushed. And this is what we're seeing in our society right now, is a pushing, a forcing on the citizens, a forcing on the culture of idol worship and an anti-God, anti-Christ spirit. That's why Christians are the bullseye. Hear me. That's why Christians are the bullseye, because we are the antidote to this idol worship and the spirit of Antichrist, because we carry the spirit of living God, and we're meant to go out, cast out, and drive out. There's that word, Ekbalo, again. Go out, cast out, and drive out. That's what we do. So we go out, we cast out, we drive out the spirit of Antichrist, and we expose the idols. We expose the false gods. That's what happens when holiness enters. That's what happens when purity enters. That's what happens when somebody who's following the spirit of the living God enters the room, go out, cast out, drive out, holiness, purity, righteousness, set apart, come out from among them, be holy for I am holy, all of that. It pushes out and it drives out. So when Joe Biden gets up there and he says what he said, what he's really doing is he's calling out Christianity. 
What he's really doing is he's calling out true church. And he's saying, you are extreme. Why? Because you don't bow. You got to bow. He's setting up the stage to say, we got to bow, friends. This is what we have to realize. This is the revelation. That's why I'm talking about this this week. He's setting up a stage for the Antichrist system to say Christians are extreme and you have to bow or else we're going to label you extreme. We're probably going to put you in jail and we may even kill you. It's a spirit of Antichrist. That's why there was the red background. That's why it was demonic. And when, when, when somebody, maybe you watched it, maybe you did, maybe you saw the clips and you looked at that and you said, wow, that's evil. In your spirit, you had an immediate understanding that that was evil because of the discernment of the Holy Spirit, because it was meant to be evil. The spirit behind it is evil. It's an antichrist spirit that's looking to force the children of God to bow down just like they did with Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, but they said no. They were thrown into the fiery furnace, and what happened? God was with them. There was another one in the fire. Hey, we need to preach about that next week. Oh, man, I'm fired up right now. Okay. Those who worship other gods will ultimately face. Hear, hear this now. Okay, I, you know, before I get into that, let me go into Samson real quick. You got your Bibles, you can turn to Judges 14 through 16 if you're taking notes. And, and please read this afterwards, okay? That's why I give you the notes because I want you to go. This is really interactive. I want you to go back afterwards and read these stories. So in Judges 14 through 16, the story of Samson, I'm just going to kind of um, you know, shorten it today so that we can kind of get the premise. But, you know, obviously that's a whole other teaching for another day. But even though he was set apart as a Nazarite, worshipped and he worshipped another god, that was much closer um, than the rich man was to his wealth. Samson's God was himself. It was pride and self-worship, which led to his downfall. He was so confident in his own abilities that he believed he no longer needed God. You know people like that? And in the end, despite being beaten, blinded, and humiliated, Samson neither repented nor learned that his way was not God's way. He was more concerned with revenge and his, and his uh, eyesight than for God's plan and his chosen people. He served himself and his priorities, making them his idols. Okay? So now we know the story eventually where Samson did go to God and, and God allowed a victory in the end of that story. But what was the cost? The cost was everything. He, he lost everything. Okay, and, and that's because he worshiped another God. See, when you, when you worship another God, this is how I know that these evil, wicked people are going to fail and they're going to lose because there's not one time in the word of God where they ever win in the end. It doesn't end well for them. It may look promising right now because they may have all the levers like the Wizard of Oz, but it never historically has ended well for them, and it's not going to end well for them now, not because they're Democrats, although that's part of it, I'm not talking about a political thing. It's not going to end well for them because they're serving a false god. And anybody who worships idols because we serve the God of heaven and earth, and, that, and he's a jealous God, there will be no other gods before him. He set this into motion way back in the, in the Ten Commandments. Okay, and this is still true today. Anybody that worships a false god, it doesn't end well for them. It never does because God is real. He sits on the throne. He's not going to tolerate it. He will not be mocked. So here we go now. Those who worship other gods will ultimately face the same fate as the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. That's why this is all coming together now. Where they were challenged by Elijah the prophet to a duel. And Elijah and the prophets of Baal offered sacrifices to their respective deities, but did not burn the sacrifices. And the God who responded to the 
the whole thing and took their sacrifice would be declared the one and only true God of Israel. The prophets of Baal started early and prayed and pleaded with Baal to burn their sacrifice. Meanwhile, Elijah taunted them, shouting louder, surely he is a God. Perhaps he is deep in thought or busy or traveling. Maybe he's sleeping and must be awakened. That's in 1 Kings 18, uh, 27. But in the end, the prophets of Baal were all killed by the Israelites after the one and only true God demonstrated his power, burning them, uh, burning up the offering, the, the water, the wood, the stones, and the soil at the altar. Again, if you worship idols and you don't repent, this is to everybody. There's no exceptions on this. There's no exceptions to the rule. The wages of sin are death. Worship of an, of an idol is death. It's, it's destruction. All these people that have the goddess uh, Shiva or whatever out there at CERN and all these other weird World Economic Forum stuff, that's all false gods. All those fake, uh, you know, those ceremonies that they're doing at the tunnel opening ceremony or whatever ritual that they're doing at the Super Bowl halftime show. And I know people think it's conspiracy, but these are real things. And the reason why they're doing these things is because to the, to the people that are caught up in the bondage and the darkness and the satanic and the occult, that has meaning to them. It has meaning to the wicked people that are the Wizard of Oz, that are pulling the levers. It may not have meaning to every person involved, but they're participating in something that is demonic. And that's why if you're walking in the Spirit and you have the discernment and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, you can see these things. And you know what's going on. And you know that it's deeper. And, you, and so if it's you that's been feeling these things for a while and you're not sure what it is, and I know some of you are probably still hung up on what I said about Marvel. I'm not saying Marvel is all bad, but what I'm saying is test those spirits because some of that stuff is demonic. Let's just be honest. Just like with Disney, just like with many of these other corporations and all this woke stuff, it is demonic. The core of it is demonic if it's not holy. Now, there may be a good writer that in one of these stories happen to write some good things in there. And I haven't seen every Marvel movie because I don't really watch them all. Maybe some of them have a good message. Don't get hung up on that. What I'm saying is be a remnant warrior. Be someone who tests the spirits. Be someone who, who understands that there's usually, and, and it's something that's pushed from Hollywood, and something that's pushed from these wicked people that are behind the scenes in a lot of these principalities and strongholds of these areas and these territories are worshiping the occult. And that's why they don't want us talking about it. There's a spirit behind it. I mean, remember Madonna back in the day? You know, whenever you would see her, it'd be like, there's something wrong with this woman. What's wrong? It was demonic behind her. The spirit behind it is what I'm saying. This, we we got to test the spirit. What's the spirit behind this movie? Is it a, is a holy spirit? Is it the Holy Spirit of the God of heaven and earth? Is it, you know, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Is he behind this? Or is it wickedness? Is it Baal? Is it, is it demonic? Is it Because it's either one or the other. It's either light or darkness. So when we test the spirits, it's going to be light or darkness. That's it. It's not going to say, well, it's a mushy middle. I mean, it might be a combination of good and evil, a form of godliness, like the Bible says. But what is he talking about that? If you're lukewarm, he's going to spit you out. So the bottom line is there's always a spirit behind it. It's either light or darkness. That's it. God or Satan? Can I get any more blunt than that? Our God is never busy. He's never asleep. He's never traveling or distracted. Paul describes the sovereignty of God. He says that the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by hands and is not served by human hands as uh, needed if, if he needed anything. He doesn't need anything. These people say, well, God needed that. He doesn't need... He, he allows it. He desires it. 
He's got a perfect will. He's got a permissible will. He's got his first string, his second string, his third string. If you don't answer the call, somebody else will. God is never out of resources. He's never lacking. His will be done. His will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth, does not need temples built by hands, although he does dwell in churches. And he dwells in us. His, our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and is, he's not served by human hands. And now we can serve him. Uh, faith without works is dead. It's very important that we do uh, you know, have fruit in our life. We're serving the Lord, but he doesn't need, it doesn't have to. In other words, like if, if I tomorrow decided, hey, I'm out of here and I went in the world, like God is not going to be less God because of that. His, his, whatever he purposes or what he desires and, and, and he wants to happen is going to still happen. Whether I want it or not, I can't, I can't change that. But what I can do is get, get with the program. You know, I cannot worship idols. I can come out from among them. I can consecrate myself. And then what I do is I step into the river of living water. And then, and then what's, what's, I, can, I can pull from the, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And I'm, I, I, could, I could do what the Bible says, greater things than even Jesus did in his earthly ministry. Because I'm walking in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? I've tapped into the God of heaven and earth. Therefore, since we are God's offspring, uh, we should not think uh, that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image made by man's design. Okay? My man's design. That's Acts 17, 24 through 25 and uh, verse 29. God commands us not to serve other gods because there are no other gods except the ones we make ourselves. David describes uh, what awaits the person who puts God ahead of all else. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. That's Psalm 40, verse 4. Psalm 40, verse 4. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We have to understand there's no other gods before our God. We can't make, you know, exercising a God. We can't make football a God. We can't make money a God. We can't even make our spouse a God. We can like those things. We can appreciate those things. But we have to understand there's one God in our life, and that's the God of heaven and earth. Coming out from among them means no idol worship. Coming out from among them means identifying the idols in our life and repenting of things that we've made in idol. Being set apart means that we're not going to sit here and put things before God. There should be no other gods before our God. Now, will we get it right all the time? No. All of sin and fall short of the glory of God. He is without sin, cast the first stone. We're going to get it wrong sometimes. But we've got to understand that idol worship is always the downfall of a society, and it's the downfall of a church. And we've, we've, we've made celebrity pastors uh, we've allowed all different types of things in our culture that unfortunately we've made idols of pastors. Don't make an idol of a pastor. Pastors are human. All pastors, including myself, should always be pointing up. We should always be pointing to the one and only true God. We should always be pointing to the Lord to go deeper. I don't, listen, in these broadcasts that are done live, I may, may, may say some things that aren't perfect. I may, I may misspeak once in a while. I know the heresy hunters are right there, ready to write it down. Pastor Todd Coconado said this, and then take clips of it and put it out everywhere. Look what he said, and, and you know, take it out of context and all kinds of stuff. So I, you know, I have to be aware of that every time I get on here. 
Because they're looking. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. He's coming after those that are speaking truth. Just like Joe Biden is coming after the church. Not because Joe Biden in his heart so much desires to do so, but because the spirit that's, that's behind him. And that's why I say as a believer, start looking at the spirit behind. Is it holy? Is it pure? Is it righteous? Is it the Holy Spirit? We've got to always test the spirits. Testing the spirits means looking at the spirit behind it, behind the movie, behind the book, behind the job, behind the whatever it is. Relationship. If you're in a relationship and you're not married yet, look at that relationship and say, is it of the Holy Spirit? Is this a God-ordained relationship? Am I equally yoked with a believer who's on fire? Or am I settling because I'm lonely? Have you made finding a spouse an idol? I know I did before I repented. I made that an idol in my life. It was such a big deal to me because as a Christian, they make such a big deal that you got to be married. You got to be married. Everybody's always talking about marriage. And so when I was single for so many years as a pastor and people literally wouldn't even invite me to speak at churches, they said, well, we'll invite you when you get married. Are you kidding me? Paul, Jesus, I'm married. Single, you're powerful. You don't need to be uh, with somebody else to be whole. You can be whole today in Jesus Christ. In fact, that's what God wants before you get married. We can't make anything an idol. Some people are married and they make their spouse an idol. They make pleasing their spouse an idol. You have to please God first. Your children, people literally say, you know, uh, I was talking to somebody the other day and their, their child has now become, uh, you know, in the LGBTQ lifestyle. And because they want to affirm them and they don't want to lose their relationship with their child, they've literally capitulated on their faith. They back down about what the Bible says about that because they don't want to lose the child. You can't do that. I know it's painful, but you can't make them an idol. You have to stand for the truth and let the cards fall where they may. I'm not saying to get rid of your child, obviously, and don't have a relationship with them, but you got to figure out a way to walk through the minefield in accordance to the Holy Spirit without caving, capitulating, allowing leaven in your life. Allowing compromise. We don't want to be compromising Christians. That's the church of Laodicea. We want to be the church of Philadelphia. We want to be the empowered church. In order to be the empowered church, we have to walk in holiness and righteousness and purity. We've got to stand for the entirety of the word of God. It's the full counsel of God that sets us up for complete success and complete victory in this world and beyond. So I know I, I preached some hard stuff today. It's not a typical message. But I'm going to implore every person on here today before we pray to make sure that you examine. I've had to examine. Listen, when that angel came last August, it's been a year now, and said, Pat, you know, Todd, come out from among them, be consecrated. I didn't really fully understand. It's a year later. I have so much new revelation of what that meant. One of it was to stop worshiping false gods. Yes, pastors can do it too. Anything that you make so important that it's, it's more important than your relationship with God, that's an idol. Anything that consumes your time, that gets your eyes off of Jesus. Now, does that mean you can't work? No, of course you can work. Does that mean you can't have other things in your life? No, you can have all these things. Have a relationship with your kids. Have a great relationship with your spouse. All these things are important. Have a job. You know, you got to do a bunch of things in life to survive these days. That's fine. Just don't make them idols. Don't allow them to go before the God of heaven and earth. The vaccine, I'll leave you with this. Some people had to make a tough decision and, and they're conscious and they're and, and they looked at what the word of God said, and they said, you know what? I don't, I don't feel I'm supposed to take this thing. And they lost everything for it. They lost their job. They lost their pension. But you know what? God's hand and blessing and favor is on you. Now, if you took it, does that mean you're, you're damned? No. That's between you and God. I don't think that's a deal breaker. I don't think it's going to stop you from going to heaven or anything like that. But it's something to pray over. 
Because the thing is, is there are going to be things like that. I believe they're building an infrastructure for the mark of the beast. And maybe that wasn't the mark, but they're putting things together now. We have to be strong. That's why God is preparing us and setting us up for success and training us in this time to be true remnant warriors. In order for us to do that, we've got to get rid of idols. So I want to pray for you right now before we go. Father, in Jesus' name, I just thank you for every person watching right now. I know this is a hard message. Some people may not like it. Some people may be mad at me. But Lord God, we have to speak to these matters. And again, do I get it right all the time? I don't. But Lord, I believe it's in your word. It's true where it says that we shall not have any other gods before you. And I believe this has been a stumbling block for people that have been watching this. It's something in their life, their weight, their sickness, whatever it is, it's, it's consumed them. Anything that's consuming them. I pray today, right now, just put out your hand right now. If, if you think there may be something, I feel the warmth in my hand right now. So I know somebody is receiving this. Just receive this right now. Put out your hand. Break the idol in Jesus' name. We break the idol in Jesus' name. We break the multiple idols in Jesus' name. There shall be no other gods before you, Lord. We lay these things down today. We want to be set apart. We want to be consecrated. We want to be serving you, Lord God. Thank you for the breakthrough, Jesus. Thank you for the breakthrough. Thank you for the breakthrough. We repent before you, Lord God, for making these things idols. We love you, Lord God. We want to serve you with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our strength. We love you so much, Jesus. Thank you, God. Praise your name. Hallelujah. I believe some people have gotten a breakthrough this morning, and I really believe that we're meant to pray on this. I'm going to put up the notes. In fact, I put them up the other day, but I'll put them up again. Study these notes. Study the scriptures. Get into this this week. It doesn't end here on Sunday. Our, our church is every day. Every single day, we're in the presence of the Lord. Every single day, our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Every single day, we're going deeper with Jesus Christ. Hey, listen, if you're watching this this morning, you say, I want to make sure that if I were to die, if I were to get killed, if Jesus were to come, I want to make sure this preacher, something happened to me this morning. And what that is, that's the Holy Spirit. You're just saying, I want to make sure that I, I want, I'm on my way to heaven. Preacher, I want to make sure I'm on my way to heaven. If that's you. Just lift up your hand. doesn't matter where you are, who's with you. Just lift up your hand. That's me, Pastor Todd. I want to make sure I'm on my way to heaven. I want to pray for you right now. Just repeat this prayer after me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for dying for me on the cross. Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I thank you. I worship you. I give my heart to you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you did that, I want to hear from you. I heard from many, many people last week. Praise God. God is moving in this congregation. He's moving on this in this ministry. If you gave your hearts to the Lord, write me Todd.coconato, C-O-C-O-N-A-T-O, Todd.coconato at R-L-C-U-S.org, R-L-C-U-S.org. Or you can go to PastorTodd.org and message me right from there. I want to hear from you. I want to know you accepted the Lord. We want to send you a Bible. We want to pray with you. And so please let us know. We bless you. We thank you. Please listen to the podcast this week. A lot of good guests are going to be on and help us in supporting this ministry please we need it more than ever we're in a major major battle we really need your support we love you and we bless you in jesus name
I worship you. 